Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the site, this is the vlog, and this is the podcast that you go to in order to learn more about different destinations. You come here in order to discuss them as a community. You travel more, hopefully, and then you enjoy life more. Kind of goes along that whole same lines. Now, you can always reach me on my website at theprofessortravel.com. Alternatively, you can reach me either through YouTube or Facebook at The Professor Travel. I'm now available on TikTok at The Professor Travel. I'm also available on Instagram at The underscore Professor underscore Travel. I'm available through Twitter at The Professor TR1. And if you're a blogger, you can always find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a wonderful guest with me, a visiting professor, a return visiting professor to us, uh, Randy. Uh, say hi to everybody here. Hi, students. Hey, thank you so much for coming back on again. Uh, Randy recently went on another cruise. Uh, last time we talked about the Caribbean and Florida. This time you went to Bermuda. Is that correct? Yep. Did a five-day to Bermuda out in New York. Fantastic. I want to ask you a bunch of stuff about this. Uh, now, before we get started, and for people who may not have seen the last episode with you in it. Can you just kind of go over a couple of your credentials really quick, uh, maybe some of your educational background and some places that you've traveled before? Okay. Um, yeah. My educational background is I have an associate's degree in, in business, uh, business management. Um, most of my travel has been, you know, within the United States uh, and the Caribbean. Uh, obviously, I mean, I've done some being from New York. I've gone into Canada a few times, but the majority of my uh, travel is uh, via cruising and the, the all areas of the Caribbean. Excellent. And I'm going to definitely want to follow up with you on a few places in the Caribbean in the future, because I'm going to be probably be going in March to the Southern Caribbean, which is very different than the Western and Eastern Caribbean. So I'll touch base with you on that coming up too. <clears throat> now, you decided to go to Bermuda this time around. Talk to me a little bit about why you chose this trip to Bermuda. Okay, well, um, Again, living in New York, we have the, the convenience, I guess, of, you know, leaving out of the port in New York City and or right across the Hudson out of New Jersey. The unfortunate part is the itineraries leaving from up, you know, up this area are very limited. Um, I'm a warm weather guy, so my options are either to go up to Canada or to go down south to Florida to, to the Bahamas. <laughs> that um, I've done previous cruises to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason we jumped on Bermuda was because I've never been there before. Um, and I was qu questioning the seasonality going in November to Bermuda as well. Hmm. Um, but we lucked out. We had some perfect weather. But the reason, again, for Bermuda was because I've done uh, Bahamas and the uh, Eastern Caribbean uh, already done that. So you've never done Bermuda before. Is that correct? And Bermuda, correct. 
Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, this will be a learning experience for the both of us. Then <laughs> I'm curious about this. So um, now in going to Bermuda, did you have to have any type of a visa or travel medications, anything like that at all? Uh, no, the only thing that, you know, again, when you leave out of New York and you return from New York, the only travel uh, documents you needed were, again, some kind of government ID and your birth certificate. So okay. I, uh, any cruises that I do out of New York only requires, I uh, use my New York State driver's license along with my birth certificate. Okay. And uh, just out of curiosity, are you using, does New York have like a real ID now or is it something like that? They, they, I think what you're referring to is an enhanced driver's license. Yes, exactly. Scan documents. Um, I used to have that, but unfortunately I had bad experiences on previous cruises where okay. they went to scan it and it wasn't working. Uh, so I didn't want that fear, or that anxiety. So I just opt with traveling with the additional piece, which is the birth certificate. Okay. Makes sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Good to know. All right. So let's talk about packing for a five-day cruise. Now, are you a light packer? Are you a heavy packer? What are you packing for a five-day cruise? Okay, I am typically a very heavy packer. I like my options, uh, but uh, the, the, the difference with this cruise is we went in Norwegian, okay. uh, which Norwegian prides themselves in what they call freestyle cruising. Mm. So there are really no dress codes. So you can go in into your dining rooms and all that, you know, anywhere on the ship in basically anything, uh, any entire shorts versus slacks. You know, you don't have to dress uh, formal for dinner. So it kind of makes... Uh, packing a little easier, uh, depending on, again, being five days is one of my shorter cruises. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, again, going in November, I wasn't sure what the weather was going to be like. So uh, leaving out of New York in November, you need to have some warm clothes, as well as the two days you're going to be in Bermuda, some warmer type clothing. Uh, so as when I was packing, I uh, basically had a pack for both, both, both climates. That makes sense because you don't know if it's going to rain. And I mean, you're kind of just on the tail end of hurricane season, which is like a little bit scary to me. But yeah. do, you, do you ever get travel insurance because of something like that? Uh, no, but this is the first time I used a different, uh, I guess, a different agency. And I actually talked to somebody and they encouraged the travel insurance for two reasons. Due to the hurricane and due to the way I travel, uh, I don't travel with a passport. So mm -hmm. God forbid something happened to me on one of the islands and I got sick. Yeah. Uh, it takes a long, you know, it, you, it's, it's a struggle to get back to the States. That makes sense. And that's one of those things that I've really been giving some very serious consideration to travel insurance. I haven't done it in the past, but especially going to a place like the Caribbean where there's a hurricanes unpredictably all the time throughout the year, they just do, they have such great deals down there. And it's one of those things where I, you know, I can, for a very minimal amount, maybe just do a little bit of travel insurance. So at least that way, if the cruise got canceled or if they had to divert ports or something like that, I could at least maybe recoup a little bit of my losses. You know what I mean? Well, and that's what, that's what she was trying to convince me of. But I think, uh, Scott, that if it was a longer cruise, I might consider it. But being that it was five days, I was only going to be on the island for a day and a half. I, I was willing to take that chance this time. Yeah, and we're looking at a nine-day for our, for ourselves, so that makes a little bit more sense to us, at least. So, um, you're, I'm assuming that you did not uh, fly down from north from northern New York. You probably drove down to either the Port of New York or Bayonne. Which which one were you out of? Uh, Port of New York. Port of New York. Okay, perfect. And um, you get on. How long does the embarkation process take you for Norwegian? Norwegian, I can tell you. Um, well. 
let me back up a little because this is something probably the students would want to know. Um, when you're planning the packing and leaving out in New York, mm-hmm. uh, anyone that's been in New York City knows it's quite expensive to park there. Yeah. There's very limited parking at the pier. So you have to do a little research and try to find some of the more reasonable parking that's in walking distance or, you know, something you can grab an Uber to get to the pier. Um, I did find a parking spot. It was a uh, park right and it was on 42nd street, which is only three blocks from the pier. Okay. And it was a reasonable amount. So if somebody was preparing to leave out of New York and they're driving because I didn't fly, you're right. Um, you have to factor that in as well. What was the, what was the approximate cost for the five days that you were parked there? The cost is $20 a day, believe it or not. So it was about 100 bucks. So that's kind of almost what you spent for the Royal Caribbean one when you were there as well on the Bayonne side. Okay, cool. That, that's parking at the pier mm-hmm. in New York is, I think it's more like uh, $45 a day. Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> so, no, I absolutely understand. Okay, so, um, so you're... You get to the ship. Um, let's talk about, first off, what were your first impressions of the ship? The ship was beautiful because it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, um, you know, based on being on some of the, the Anthem of the Seas, my previous cruise, which is kind of the same capacity with passengers. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the difference with the Norwegian Escape is it's 20 decks. It's one of the higher ships that I've been on. Oh, wow. But it's, it's more compact. It's not as long. So it's the same number of passengers, but in a kind of a more confined space. Hmm. And I would say uh, the embark process is not as smooth in New York as in uh, as, as in uh, Bayonne, New Jersey, out of Cape Liberty. Okay. And I don't know why that is. It's just, I don't know if it's a difference in the actual peer management or if it's the way Norwegian does it versus the Anthem, but it, it takes a little longer. Okay. And when you got on board, what was um, what was your stateroom like? Did you do like inside cabin? Did you do a balcony? What was what did you end up going with? Uh, we did a balcony. You did a balcony. Okay, very nice. And especially going to a place like Bermuda, I would imagine that's going to be very useful to you guys <laughs> being able to take on the, that, that opportunity. Um, as you're going through the days here, and I want to talk about the itinerary because you're just pretty much heading from New York over to Bermuda and back. Uh, how how many sea days did you have as part of that process? Um, while well, we left, you have like one and a half days. You get to Bermuda uh, mm-hmm. halfway through day two, and then you're at you're. We actually it was the first time I actually spent overnight in a port. Oh, so you're in Bermuda for like almost two days. Okay, and then another day and a half coming back to the city. Okay, cool. All right, well let's let's take it a little bit step by step. Um, you're leaving New York. Uh, you're uh, you're going to be at your first sea day. For my listeners, especially the ones who might consider those really inexpensive fares for cruises that are out there, they're kind of probably wondering to themselves, why would I want to do uh, something that has like so many sea days or, or, or a number of sea days? What do you even do in that time frame? On this kind of a cruise, I imagine you probably had a couple of different activities that you could do during that timeline. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, I think when you, well, there's two, being that it was the first time on this ship, obviously there's a lot of exploring you want to do, especially when there's 20 decks. Mm. Um, so we kind of took our time, got on, you know, when, you, when you're in bark, we got on, we had a light lunch, and then we just started kind of walking around the ship 
And then the first C-Day, first full C-Day, what we did is we tried to book some of our entertainment on those days because you're going to be, like you say, you're going to be on the ship for the whole day. You can't get off. Where if you're going to be in port for two days, use that time to be off the ship. So take advantage of all the, um, like any of the shows. Uh, we had specialty dining that we got. We made sure we booked our dinner for that night. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of the differences or what you want to, what's going to make the difference is the actual cruise director. And I can tell you on the Norwegian escape, the cruise director did a fantastic job. There was always activities. They have, uh, they seem to want to make sure there's plenty to do on those sea days as well. So there was a variety from different kind of game show type things. Uh, like I say, they have different types of entertainment. Um, one thing that we particularly did is we did an escape room. Was, oh, interesting. Yeah. And it was kind of a good way to uh, meet people right out of the gate because you're paired in teams. A certain amount of people were allowed in and you're on teams with 10 people. And it was kind, kind of a ma um, magician theme. And you had to figure out all these different magic acts. So you got to know people and work through and, and troubleshoot an issue. And that was probably a good two-hour event. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Nice. Again, it was a lot of activities to do. Can I take a step back for just a moment? I'm kind of curious. What kind of specialty dining did you do on the first day? On the first day, we did the steakhouse. Okay, excellent. Good. Yeah, it's I called Cagney's. Um, mm. And it was probably one of my, you know, and some of my other cruises, I thought actually uh, – the previous steakhouse on my other cruise was good, and this by far far was better. Um, and they uh, and, and and there's something about when I look at the three cruise lines I've been on, which is Carnival, Royal, and Norwegian. I've been on all of them now two times each. Mm -hmm. and I always thought that the food was better on Norwegian versus Royal, where Royal the entertainment is better. And I can tell you now that on my second time on Norwegian, that still holds true. The, the variety. And the food quality is much better, I think, than Royal and Carnival. Okay. I mean, I know that the pricing can be very different. And like when you're looking at the price points, Carnival is usually the less expensive. Royal Caribbean, you're usually, a, it's a little bit higher. But the thing about Norwegian that I, that I notice when I'm pricing Norwegian mm -hmm. is that <clears throat> oftentimes they have a lot of these perks that you can get when you try and book a reservation. Like you'll get like one perk or three perks or five perks if you get like a suite or something like that. Uh, did you did you book with any type of a situation like that? Yeah, and I think that's called, Scott, they call that free at sea. Free at sea, okay. Yeah, and what it is is because we got a balcony room, we had the option out of the five options they had, we could select three. Okay. An ocean view, uh, or inside you get to do one, ocean view two, uh, the balcony three. Uh, we selected uh, my first time with a beverage package, okay. so I had open bar for five days. Uh, we, we had a choice of two specialty dinings, okay. which uh, we did the steakhouse in Italian. And then the third one was $50 off a shore excursion. Oh, so okay, cool. Price. Nice. Uh, let me ask you a question about the beverage package because I've noticed, and, and this has been my hesitancy about going on Norwegian is that the beverage package usually tends to be very expensive on Norwegian. It's not just the beverage package, but it's also the, um, I don't want to say gratuities. It's like a, a charge that's associated with it as well. Um, so did you notice anything uh, when you were having, when you got the uh, drink package uh, as, a, as a comp for you to do this, was there any uh, miscellaneous charges that seemed relatively high or was it pretty much what you had expected? 
No, you're exactly right. And, and it wasn't, I knew about it up, and up front, but I really didn't see that until I looked at my total invoice. Mm. So I give you the beverage package for free, but you're right, you're charged the gratuity. So for a five day, um, I think, the, if I remember right, the actual gratuity amount on just the beverage package was $108 a person. <laughs> but if you look at what it would cost for the beverage package without getting it for free, that's like, I think, $50 a day. Yeah, it's it's really exorbitant. It's like $59 a day or something like that per person. Per person, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, it's it, I'm not a heavy drinker. So for me, it's kind of one of those things where I have to kind of weigh, do I just want to buy it like all a cart <laughs> drinks? Or is it one of those things where I, I, I really do want to have one of those exorbitant vacations where I go with a full beverage package and I'm going to get my way by doing like eight drinks a day or something like that in order to get my value. So I guess it just really depends on that whole piece. But it sounds like you had a good time at the, uh, you know, doing the at sea pieces and, and the beverage package, as well as the, the dining at Cagney's, at least on the first day. Let's talk, um, maybe you can walk me through uh, a little bit more of the itinerary. Uh, let's talk about Bermuda for a second. Uh, what were some things that you enjoyed about Bermuda? Maybe some of the excursions that you did. Okay. Um, actually, I would say all in all, this was probably one of my shorter cruises, but one of my favorite itinerary, believe it or not, because it's only one stop. Um, a lot of it has to do with the people you travel with as well. Yeah. Um, but actually, when we got to Bermuda, we um, we booked an excursion. A big, the big thing in uh, Bermuda is Gosling's Rum. So okay. we booked a uh, Gosling's Rum uh, sunset cruise on a catamaran. Mm. So that was going to be leaving at, at four o'clock. This kind of gets a little interesting because, again, we wanted to explore on our own. So we were told that there was a free ferry when you got to the Royal Shipyards when you docked. Uh, we did find the ferry. We took the ferry over to Hamilton, Bermuda, which is the capital, which is in the center of Bermuda. And Bermuda is about 22 miles long from tip to tip. So when we got to Hamilton, we kind of looked around. You know, it was a beautiful island, very little poverty. Uh, one thing that's different than the Bahamas, because in the Bahamas where you dock, as soon as you get off, you're getting bombarded with you know, they want to braid your hair. They want you to buy this and this. Uh, Bermuda, it's not like that at all. Very pristine. Uh, it was very impressive overall. No, no kind of pressure. But anyway, so we went to Hamilton. And once we looked around Hamilton, we decided, well, we have time. Let's do something else. So we heard about the caves. There are these caves that you go down, down under. It's more like caverns. Okay. And, it, and you, you go down to sea level. So we went to what we called crystal caves which was up by st george's which is one end of the island um we took a bus there so we did, did their public transportation which was kind of uh unique in its own way obviously it's britain owned so you're driving on the opposite side of the road yeah it's narrow you don't know what's coming around the curve so that was an experience um so we did the caves which is a very very it was very worth the, it was well worth the money uh you went down into the caves they had a good tour guide who has basically lived in uh, Bermuda all his life and explains some of the, you know, what you're looking at and somehow when they get a hurricane, some of the water levels that back up into the caves. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of, kind of unique, a unique experience and something new that I've never done before. Um, but what we, what we ran up against was once that was over, we had to get back for our four o'clock rum cruise. Mm. And now it's two o'clock and we were told again that there is a free ferry. 
So at this point, I felt like I was on the amazing race. Because <laughs> we didn't want it. We wanted to get back to the other side of the island. So long story short, we missed the ferry. Mm-hmm. We had an hour and a half to get back to the port. So we hired a cab. And as we took the cab, I was watching the meter run. And there was an $80. The guy guaranteed he'd get us back in time for our rum cruise, which he did. It was an hour ride to go 22 miles. And it was $80 cab fare. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy, but I mean, right. it is what it is. I mean, if you have to get back in time. Uh, right. I wanted to bring up two things that you had made mention of. I was taking some notes while you were talking. Um, you may mention sometimes cruises are really spectacular and they're really good when you are, when it's the company that makes it. And I've noticed that myself on the last two cruises that we've been on. Um, I went on, th- I've been on three cruises with my husband and the first cruise, we didn't really meet anybody. It was just kind of a chill, like four day cruise, nothing really big. The second cruise we went on after that was a much longer cruise. It was a 10 day cruise. And that one, we actually, Uh, gravitated around the smoker section. We got to meet some people. We went on excursions with them. We went and had a a major uh, like wine tasting and dinner with them. It was fantastic. And then this last time around, it was kind of the same thing where we met a few people on board. Uh, We actually uh, took place in, um, you get this, you get this uh, flyer every day telling you the different activities that you can do on board this, on board the ship. And one of the things that they did, they had an LGBT group on board the ship that we had a chance to meet. And on the cruise that we were on, we were really surprised because it, was, it wasn't it was just, it wasn't like singles or anything. It was couples, like lots and lots and lots of LGBT couples that we were with. And so it was a great opportunity to meet people. I'm still friends with a lot of them to this day. And that cruise was you know, back in August and the one prior to that was the year before. So, I mean, I, I'm still on Facebook with them. We're still regularly communicating with them. I mean, there's a lot of, wonderful opportunities to meet new people. So I wanted to, I wanted to call that out on what you had said there. Uh, the other thing I also wanted to make mention of, and I wanted to ask you about was what kind of currency did they use on the Island? Um, to be honest, we, they, um, whenever you use the American money, mm-hmm. they gave you that back. And obviously that's not their currency, but they would make change with, with American money. So okay. it was exchanging the money. I wasn't sure if they used the British pound or if it was something different or it, it's it was, it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. So you're there for a couple of days. You're doing those two things. Um, did you do another excursion while you were over there? Um, the one we did, like I say, the Gosling's uh, rum cruise. Yeah. That's what I would, anyone going to Bermuda, I would highly recommend that. Um, I believe it was less than $60 a person. Oh. And I believe they served more alcohol than what you paid for the, for the cruise. And you talk about meeting people, Scott. I think once you get those couple of drinks in any environment, you tend to be chatty, you know, and, and that really um, set off a good atmosphere on this rum cruise. And we, like you said, we met uh, some individuals. And it's funny because with 4,000 people in a confined space, it's, it was kind of weird how many times you run into those people on the ship. Um, but we... Uh, as soon as you got, got on the ship, they gave you a, it was called a rum twizzle or rum swizzle. And that's the drink of Bermuda. Yeah. And um, so what they do is they, they you, you go and you sit down and they start with the lowest alcohol content rum. They give you a shot in a glass. The guy explains the story behind it. And then they introduced ginger beer. It's like a root beer. It's not alcoholic. It's ginger beer. And they mix all the rum drinks with this ginger beer. 
Hmm. But where, but each shot you get, it's stronger and stronger and stronger. And there was one, I believe, the top shelf liquor uh, rum was two hundred and fifty dollars a bottle, and the United States don't even let them sell it because of the alcohol content. But um, wow. it was quite interesting to go on that and how how liberal they were with the, the amount of alcohol they let you sample and taste. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was. Now, you did make mention that you went on another uh, specialty restaurant. You went on to the Italian restaurant on board the ship as well, correct? Yeah, it was called La, La, La Casina. La Casina? La Casina? Yeah. La Casina, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. And what did, you, what did you guys order there? What did you guys get to eat? Um, I know that I ordered pasta. I don't remember really what the others ordered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you that I really, based on some of my other experiences on other ships, that's one meal that I wasn't overly fond of. And it could have been what I ordered. I actually ordered, I believe it was pa- uh, lasagna. Okay. Um, it, it was good, but it was nothing for a specialty restaurant. I wasn't overly impressed. Okay. And I think you can do, even though they have the special, they have a lot of specialty restaurants on the Norwegian because of the freestyle dining, yeah. uh, but you still can do the main dining hall if you want, as well as I think they have a, uh, a not a cafeteria, but a, uh, a buffet as well. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Did yeah, you have we, an opportunity to indulge in either one of those? Yeah, we did um, the buffet every, every morning for breakfast. We did the buffet. Uh, we did try the buffet for, for dinner once. Um, but when you when you had the option to go to the dining room versus the buffet, mm-hmm. the dining room is far superior. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe it's just me, but I'd rather <laughs> for dinner on vacation if I can sit down and be served. Uh, I'd rather do that. But we, yes, we did. We wanted to experience a buffet for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was good, but not as good as the dining rooms. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. And so then uh, you are uh, sunsetting your time over in Bermuda and then you're on your way back. Uh, any specific kind of activities that you did on the way back? Cause it sounds like you had a lot of different things like the escape room and uh, what kind of shows did you see by the way? We saw um, choir of man, okay. which is a very good show. And it was kind of different. Uh, you go into the theater and we were there 15 minutes early and all of a sudden it's like a bar scene, a, a pub scene. And um, they do a lot of 80s music, and it's more a choir of man. There, there, I think there's uh, eight or ten guys in the cast, and they sing a lot of the 80s music, a lot of the pub music. There's a story behind it. Um, but what they do is they actually uh, invite the audience up and serve free beer. Oh. Uh, to get them, it's more our, our audience participation. Uh, that was one show. And the other show was, um, I think it was called, after midnight and it was more of a the cotton club type theme stuff mm. um, i wasn't too fond with that uh but again it was great entertainment uh but like i say those they only had two shows on the five day on the five day cruise uh, did, but that was the only two that we saw did you guys stay up late enough to do any night clubbing or anything after after hours yeah we went to a, because we had the alcohol package we did go into the clubs Okay. Uh, we took advantage of that alcohol package <laughs> uh, without getting, you know, we do remember we didn't get drunk, but we, uh, we enjoyed it. We had it. It was nice having it and not having that additional expense. Like you say, making that decision, am I going to do it a la carte and pay as I go, or am I going to take advantage? And uh, we had it. So, you know, we, we, we did do some night clubbing and uh, that's one thing that I did notice on, on the, on the Norwegian is there was a good crowd, no matter what venue you went to, if it was a nightclub, if it was a game show, if it was something uh, in the atrium where they just had a gathering of, 
you know, of trivia. The, the, the people that migrated to these events uh, were really kind of packed, which was encouraging because I've been in other cruises where a lot of the venues weren't, they weren't fun because nobody went to them. Mm. Makes sense. All right. And then you're on your way back to New York. Um, upon arrival, how was the disembarkation process? How long did that take? All right, real quick, Scott, before I get to that, I do oh. want to say what I did on the last sea day. <clears throat> yes. And something that a Norwegian uh, fleet has is they have thermal spas. I've really never done a spa on a cruise. Um, I'm not really that type of person who likes to get massages and all that kind of stuff. Um, not maybe from a husband, but <laughs> <laughs> not from a stranger. Uh, but uh, we, we purchased, uh, friends of ours actually were upgraded from a balcony mm-hmm. to a thermal spa balcony, which what that did is that that gave them free access to the thermal spa. So they could go into the steam room, the sauna. They had a snow room, but unfortunately, the day I went, it was closed. Hmm. And they had like, um, you know, jacuzzis. It was like a private little spa area. So they um, told us, because again, now we're going back to New York. Like you said, it's cold. What are you going to do on the ship all day? So we did buy a, um, a thermal spa pass for, I think it was $50 each person. And we spent the whole day there. Very relaxing. They have, um, we went into the uh, steam room. It was all eucalyptus scented. Oh, that's the awesome. Steam room, the sauna. Uh, they had a uh, salt sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went in there and sat. And actually, we met people from our hometown in, in the salt sanctuary. And they had a thermal pool. And what that was, it's like a huge swimming pool, but it's like a mixture between a jacuzzi and a hot tub. So they had jets all around the edge. They had this big thing in the middle where it would um, you push a button and it was high pressure water that would fall on your shoulders and kind of give you a massage on your shoulders. Mm. Again, highly recommend anyone going to Norwegian to check out their thermal spa. It sounds it sounds really enticing. I've done a lot of spas before, and I'm I'm one of those people that yeah, I don't mind doing the massage package or something like that. I think it's I think you're on vacation, so you kind of have to indulge. So whatever that's going to look like to you as a person, if you're not the massage person, like my mom, she will not she would never do a massage or anything like that. I, on the other hand, love that kind of stuff. So if I figure, you know, it, just like you like to go to a restaurant and have someone serve you, I'm kind of the same way. I just like to be pampered when I'm on vacation and just really enjoy it. So for me, that's that's my little that's my little to do. Um, on the disembarkation process, though, <clears throat> did you did you find that it was a smooth process? Was it quick, or what were some of the challenges with it? I will tell you that it was my worst experience ever. It was the only bad part of the cruise. And I think part of it is the design of the ship. For 4,000 passengers, there's only two bays of elevators. And because the ship has got 20 decks, a lot of people aren't taking the stairs. I think it was a combination of the design of the ship as well as a five-day cruise and people carrying their own luggage off. Oh, wow. Okay. In Norwegian, what you do is you you go down to the atrium, you decide what time you want to get off the ship. Mm -hmm. You're going to take a color-coded luggage tag. And that's what you put on your luggage if you're going to put it outside your room. And that's they're going to call that, and that's when you can leave the ship. Okay. Because I believe that's how it's staged in the pier itself when, when you get off the ship. Um, but I think, unfortunately, because it's five-day, everybody wanted to carry their luggage and get off. So as you're coming down the elevator down to, where uh, I think it was the fourth floor, uh, where you're, obviously you're getting off the ship, you're coming down, you're getting off the elevator, and that's where your lines are to get off the ship. So as people are getting off, they're crowding right in line. If you didn't crowd, then they had the line very, it was, um, it was 
chaotic because there was really no traffic control. So then they tried to get you to go all the way to one ship, one end of the ship, and then went, they only had one gangway open as well for 4,000 people. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. And then you had to come all the way down the other way before you get off. So it probably was 45 minutes once you got on to the fourth floor to where the gangway was to get actually off the ship. And did you have to go through passport control or anything like that? Yeah, actually, uh, in New York, they have the new now, they have the facial recognition. Oh, so okay. when you get off the ship, it was pretty smooth. Okay. And then back over to get your car and then you were on the road? Exactly. Yep. Not too bad. I mean, that is, I mean, 45 minutes is a little bit long, I would think, for the whole process. I, I want to say the longest I've had in the six or so cruises that I've been on has probably been about 30 minutes. So, I mean, 45 is a little bit long, I, I think, personally. But, I mean, maybe some, some of my students, have you been on another cruise? Let me know. I'm kind of curious if that's, in your opinion, a longer time frame. For me, it just seems like you could be doing other things at that time. Exactly. So, so let's talk about the post-vacation now. <clears throat> okay, so what are, in your opinion, the pros of going to a place like Bermuda, as opposed to, say, the Caribbean? Okay, I think the pros would be, um, I guess maybe there's a cost savings involved. Uh, if, if you're looking at the cost, because if you're going to Bermuda and you're looking at good booking some excursions, you know, you're, you're maybe looking at doing one or two, you get to explore on your own. There's no, uh, there's no rushing to know that you have to get back to catch the ship to go to the next port where obviously when you're looking at a seven day and you're in a different port each day, you want to do in my in my travel experience, I want to do something in each port. So I would book an excursion in each port most, most of the time. Yeah. So I would say that's one pro. Um, again, it was my shortest cruise. Um, I don't know if that's a pro or a con, but based on my overall experience on the five day Bermuda, like I said, it was probably my, 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 my most favorite cruise. No. Uh, and I think that was a combination of the new ship um, and the atmosphere on the ship, people, people being more friendly, mm -hmm. uh, less children around. Um, but overall, that was the best, the best uh, cruise that I've been. You also said that when you got to Bermuda, the, um, it didn't seem like there was a lot of vacancy there and it didn't seem like you were being harassed by a lot of the merchants. I remember that. That's correct. Yes. And so that sounds like that was a major pro as well. Um, but talk to me also about maybe some things that you would think that maybe a new time traveler or someone going to Bermuda for the first time should be aware of. What would you, what would you think? Um, I think probably one thing to be aware of is the, the variety of, I guess, uh, the ways to get around. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, like, a first-time cru cruiser wouldn't know, I wouldn't think. I mean, I did the research. You'd want to do the research, but Norwegian offers free ferry service. Mm. So it's very easy to get off the ship, <clears throat> excuse me, and go left where all your cab drivers are there to take you to where you want to go. Versus looking to the right and realizing there's a free ferry there. They really didn't advertise that very well. That would be one thing. So, again, if you go on Norwegian, they offer free transportation as long as it meets the timing of what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that didn't work for us because we missed the ferry and we couldn't get to our excursion. Um, but that option is there. Okay, cool. And then um, what, what do you think are the best value adds from this type of a trip, uh, cost savings or best practices? 
Um, one thing that I found, and I, I don't know if I brought this up on it last time we talked, Scott, what I'm finding more with social media, and it kind of uh, it kind of covers a lot of different things, is a lot of cruises create a room hmm. before, the, like three, four months prior to the, the sailing date. So again, on this cruise, I joined a chat room or a Facebook group uh, for my November 10th sailing on the Norwegian Escape as soon as I booked the cruise. So then questions started coming up. People that had been there before, they kind of tell you some of the ins and outs of where you're going. Uh, that's a great learning opportunity. If, if somebody books to go out there on social media and see if those rooms are out there, or if not create one yourself, uh, yeah. that was a huge savings. Yeah, actually there was an app I was recently made aware of uh, from a podcast named Fantastic Cruising. They had made me aware of this app called Shipmates. And it's very similar to that. And you have the opportunity to not only record all the different cruises and kind of keep track of those things as you've gone along through the process, but if you have a future cruise coming up, it allows you to communicate with other people on, on there as well to say, hey, talk to me about what are the things that I should be aware of about this type of a cruise. Maybe they can get some, maybe it's a person who's been on this cruise four or five or more times and they are aware of all the different nuances about that whole process. It can make it a really, really great trip. If you know somebody who's already done some of these things before. No, so I agree. Yeah. That's kind of helpful. It's a big help. Well, Randy, I really want to thank you again for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I, again, to my students, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything you would like me to be aware of, please feel free to send me an email at scott at theprofessortravel.com. As always, if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. Uh, if you want to be informed about more videos when they come up, hit the bell icon in order to be able to be made aware of new and upcoming videos. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And then finally, if you are listening to this on the podcast, please, by all means, rate us. Let us know what you think. We're more than happy to listen to anything that you might have to say. But to all of you out there, again, uh, make every opportunity to travel a great opportunity. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.